I'm a human being, you're a human being, it's impossible for us to be perfect, but it is possible for you to deeply love yourself. And when you deeply love yourself, you can allow yourself to move through the ebbs and flows of life without those ebbs and flows dragging you down to the bottom of the ocean. You're giving yourself permission to evolve. You're giving yourself permission to make mistakes. And when you can acknowledge and be with your feelings, that's how you can create huge shifts in your life. Welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, where we talk about the real and raw, messy middle of business and life transitions. My name is Celia Antonio, and I am here to navigate you through uncomfortable action so that you learn, grow, and achieve your goals. I'll share my journey, plus have inspiring guests openly share their lessons, wins, and struggles. If there's one takeaway I hope you can get from this podcast, it would be to be present and enjoy the journey. I'm so grateful you're here today. Now let's openly speak. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to ask you a question about mindset because maybe you are at the place that I was even just a year ago. So for me with mindset, it's something I worked on for a long time, but I noticed when I started my business specifically last year, this really came into my awareness. I noticed that my mind believed certain new empowering beliefs, but my body didn't believe it yet. And I think this is such a key piece to look at when it comes to mindset work is getting your body on board. And one of the ways that I like to do this with my one-on-one clients is through EFT tapping. So with EFT, you're tapping on certain meridian points in your body and you're saying specific things out loud to release your limiting beliefs and then to also integrate more empowered beliefs. And I will be hosting a workshop called Tapping into Self-Love where we dive into EFT, embodiment, and heart connection practice. And it's happening really soon. It's happening on April 13th, so just a few days from now. And I'm going to be popping a link to this workshop in the show notes if you want to learn more and if you want to secure your spot. But really the basis and the like summary of all that we're doing in this workshop is getting your your body <laughs> is getting your body on board with the mindset that you've been working on integrating. And what will happen in this workshop is we will go through some embodiment practices, we will connect to the heart chakra, and you're going to be guided through specific journal prompts. That way when at the end of the workshop when we do our EFT tapping series, You are going to have your own customized phrases that you're going to say out loud as I guide you to tap on specific meridian points. So if that's calling to you, I'm going to be popping a link to this workshop in the show notes where you can find out more and you can secure a spot. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So it's time for me to explain to you why I went from being a spiritual healing coach to now a quantum self-love coach. And also more importantly, why not just a self-love coach? Why quantum? So I'm going to explain all of this to you in this episode. And I hope that this episode can really help you give your own self permission to evolve as you grow to really get more alignment and to really focus on instead of like trying to fit inside of a box to instead imagine yourself inside of a box and you're like exploring more and more about that box and discovering more about what you're here to do in this world, if that makes sense. So you're exploring what you're here to do instead of like choosing it and then molding yourself to fit that. Let's dive in. All right. So if you hang out with me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, you'll notice that I took quite a bit of an extended break at the, 
I want to say like mid December all the way until January 10th. And as of the time of recording this, it's January 12th, but this won't be out until February. So happy February, happy month of self-love. So it's quite appropriate that I am explaining quantum self-love to you here. So at the end of 2021 and bringing in the new year of 2022, I took a break from social media. I took a break from consuming content and really just a lot of journaling and getting still like I've, I've done that even like in previous episodes, when I've told you that I've pivoted, this is where, this is always how it starts. It always starts with me realizing like, Hmm, I need to realign and I need some quiet and I need to go within and really just get clear and very, very, very intentional of what I'm here to do. So if you are new to this podcast and this is the first episode you're listening to. Hi, welcome. My name is Celia. I'm a quantum self-love coach, and I am here to help you attract more love, money, and freedom into your life, whether that is starting a business, whether that is finding your soulmate, whether that's completely changing your life from what it is now to like a life that you absolutely love. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes and you don't know yet that When I first started my business, I started as a graphic designer in the summer of 2020. And right before that, I was an executive assistant at an office, which gave me the confidence of knowing I could start my own business because I was literally juggling a million responsibilities there. But also on the side, and for the past five years at that time, I was teaching yoga and meditation. And from the very beginning with starting my business, I knew that the aspect of the way I was helping people with yoga and meditation, I knew that I wanted to bring that into my business somehow. I had no idea uh, what that would look like. And I have used all of 2021 to kind of just experiment and learn and shift and grow and really get to that alignment. And towards the end of 2021, um, I want to say maybe in September or so, I pivoted myself to say I was a spiritual healing coach. And this, this, I realized when I took my break in December, this is still very much aligned. Spiritual healing is still very much aligned, but I felt like it wasn't specific enough of what I help people with. It still felt very broad. Like there's so much within spirituality that you can use to heal. So it just seemed very broad. So really my intention from the beginning was to just get clear on like, hmm, are there certain like modalities I want to focus on? I had no idea I would discover that self-love has been a journey that I've been on, which aligns with my journey that I've shared in this podcast before, my journey from being a super shy little girl to being a self-expressed woman who's out here with her own business, coaching others. All of that, like that journey for me to get here to where I am today would not have happened without me being my own cheerleader, without me being loving towards myself, without me being curious, compassionate, and accepting of what I feel, what I think, and especially if I feel or think something that I might want to label as negative, if I instead come from a place where I'm accepting it and I'm curious about what's there and I have compassionate that I have, that I have certain thoughts or feelings just in doing that has really helped me change and has really helped me shift since I've been on a journey of self-improvement, basically since college, which was started college in 2009, 2008, started college in 2008. And who I was in 2008 versus now, it's like, I'm a whole different person. I'm a whole different person on the outside. And on the inside, I'm the same person, but 
who I was on the inside then, I was like afraid to show that to the world, if that makes sense, because I had all of these blocks in my way and I didn't fully love myself enough to feel that it was okay to express who I was truly, you know, and that can get into uh, childhood and all that stuff. And I do want to dedicate an episode on childhood. And I do have a guest coming up in a few weeks. Her name is Suki. And we did touch on childhood, uh, inner child healing. So that's all topics for later episodes. So stay tuned for that coming up. Uh, you can follow the Instagram at openly spoken to DM me about when that'll be out and you'll get also get like sneak peeks, but anyways, let's veer back. So and journaling and reflecting, and then also getting mirroring from my coach, my coach, Amber, who I'm still working with really helped me to realize like, Hey, self-love is actually like, I have expertise in this and even sharing it with my friends are like, Oh yeah, you'd be a perfect self-love coach. So again, like I mentioned in the intro, I kind of approached this of I've approached this and my previous pivots in a way where I'm trying to figure out the box that I'm in naturally, not in a way where I'm like, oh, I've defined myself as a spiritual healing coach. So I have to stay with that forever. And I have to form myself to fit into this box to be a spiritual healing coach. No. It's, it's always okay to pivot if it's in alignment with what you really want to do. Like if you're getting that, if you're getting that nudge, do it, especially like me coming to you here and speaking to you on this podcast. I started my business in June of 2020, had a handful of clients all of 2021. I had a handful of clients as well, but I was still like figuring things out. I honestly mostly supported my business in 2021 with uh, content creation for social media for other business owners, which I no longer do anymore. And um, I will share a, an episode about when I had one client left that was for content creation that I could still have today. But I realized in holding on to that client that I was focusing my energy on something I didn't want. And it was really scary to let that go. But a lot of good happened from letting that client go, despite some scarcity thoughts that came up for me in regards to like income and all of that. But that is something I will cover in a future episode. So now here I am, I'm a quantum self-love coach. And you might be wondering, why not just be a self-love coach, Celia? Why quantum? What does quantum even mean? So the reason why I wanted to show up as a quantum self-love coach, not just a self-love coach, is because I am all about energetics. Energy is everything. Your energy that you carry around is behind everything that you do. And I kind of explained the difference between self-love and quantum self-love a little bit in a recent Instagram post. So I posted like this quote thing. And I wrote, self-love looks like waking up to your 5.30 a.m. alarm to meditate and journal before getting on Instagram. That's self-love. But quantum self-love looks like you're getting up early without an alarm because you've prioritized getting quality sleep on time. You have no care in the world what time it is while you do your morning rituals. And you're totally present in your own life without the need for excessive scrolling on Instagram. So there's a difference between just regular old self-love and doing personal development and habits versus quantum self-love, at least in the way I am choosing to serve you. I don't want you to just unconditionally love yourself. I want you to magnanimously love yourself, magnanimously love yourself. So the difference magnanimous means generous. It means that you're forgiving and forgiveness is a huge part, huge, huge part of self-love and of healing. And that's why in a future program I'm working on, forgiveness is going to be a huge part of cultivating 
quantum self-love. So magnanimous versus unconditional, which means not subject to any conditions. Like magnanimous is just deeper. Quantum is deeper. And really my whole my whole journey in 2021 really gave me this kind of like insight in how important energy and our bodies are, which sounds, sounds like something like when I say that aloud, I'm like, oh yeah, I knew that already. I taught yoga for five years. I used to teach bar. I used to be a fitness instructor. I used to teach aerobics classes. Like, of course I know that the body is powerful and that access through access to your body's wisdom through movement and like getting things out is very powerful, but I never really, uh, related that to mindset work. So I like to talk about a lot about on Instagram. If you hang out with me there about how most mindset work is complete bullshit. I think most mindset work is kind of like, I'm just speaking from, first of all, I'm speaking from my own experience and I'm not saying to not do mindset work because your thoughts are, yes, that your thoughts are very, very powerful. I just think that the way most people teach mindset work is very like regurgitated. They're just kind of like, oh, this is what so-and-so said to teach mindset work. So they said to repeat this affirmation. So here, repeat this affirmation, right? And the problem with mindset work that just really focuses on affirmations, uh, journaling about limiting beliefs and like writing down what belief you want to think instead, you're working on changing your thinking from a thinking problem rather than attacking it at all angles. And the thing about a thought like when you think a thought and it's like a thought that you've always thought, like, for example, not thinking that you're enough to start a business, right? If that's a limiting belief of yours, that belief like physically exists in your brain. It's like a physical neurological connection in your brain. So it's going to take time with your mindset work for those neurons to like not be connected anymore. It's going to take a lot of repetition, a lot of practice to create new thoughts, which yes, it is possible, but doing it only on the thinking level, which I see most, like most people that I've worked with, most, blah, blah, blah. but to only work at it from a thinking level, like this is what I see most people teaching online. This is what I've seen in most courses and books and coaches that I've worked with, not all of them. They just focus on mindset work from a mindset level instead of going on different angles. So like I just said, your thoughts, they're literally a physical thing. It's a physical connection. So it exists in your physical body, right? And I think that that's why accessing through your physical body can be so powerful for changing your energy and, and the way you think. Think about this. So have you ever felt just really bad and you put on your favorite song and dance in your living room and then tune into how you feel after? If you've never done that, pause this podcast right now and go ahead and do that and just see how different you feel from just taking the time to listen to your favorite song and dance. Even if you're having an amazing day right now, go ahead and do that. And it's really interesting how like moving and pairing moving with breathing and making sounds, maybe you sing with a song, maybe you just let a sound out like a sigh when you breathe out. It's very interesting how that allows you to access almost like a magical wisdom. And yeah, I know I'm getting all woo-woo. That's me though. <laughs> this is who I am. Uh, I recently read a book called The Quantum Warrior, and I wish I had the page tabbed where he said something about the body. Hold up. 
Let me look for this. Let's pause this recording. So I didn't highlight or tab the part that I read, but I did find something in here. So this book, The Quantum Warrior, it's by John Kehoe. I hope I'm saying his last name right. He has a section in the book. Uh, there's a chapter called Listening, and there's a section in that chapter called Body Wisdom. And he says how the mind is what thinks and the body is what feels. And what I remember reading, it might even be from a different book, who knows? I remember reading something about how you can feel it first in your body and then the thoughts come. And the reason why that really resonated with me is because I've experienced that myself. Like I've experienced going into a meditation where I'm blindfolded and I'm dancing and I'm just moving intuitively and getting very still. And then later, 20 minutes later, when I'm at home from that experience, these, these new insights come to me or like even in my own morning routine where I can move intuitively, I'm not blindfolded, but I'm moving intuitively and, and actually really being with and feeling a emotion that's tied to a limiting belief. And after I move my body and I let my breath out and I use sound breath and movement to kind of like release that energy energetically that gets me to a place of stillness where new thoughts come to me that I end up using for Instagram captions. I end up using it for workshop ideas, for masterclass ideas. It's really fascinating. So I think there's something very mysterious and very unknown and something that maybe we can't really prove or put into words about the wisdom in our own bodies. And about approaching how we think of ourselves and how we think of our lives and what we think about what we're capable of and our own potential by going, going towards mindset work with multiple approaches, not just thinking about, oh, this thought came from my parents and it came from my parents because of X, Y, and Z that can kind of be, in my opinion, like a waste of time. It doesn't matter for some things. It doesn't matter why you have a certain thing, like why you have a certain belief. Um, it could be helpful in some instances where you're like, oh, this was from, this is a belief from so-and-so, like that's not even mine. And that could be enough to kind of release it a little bit, because again, a thought that you think a lot is an actual physical thing in your brain. It's like neurological connections, but really energy is everything, right? And in the quantum dimension of the world, and this is like proven in science, reality is seen as a collection of energies. So like a human body is seen as a collection of energy, you are a collection of energy. And there's so many things around you affecting your energy that you might not even be aware of. And bringing this up now reminds me of a huge shift that was brought to me during my yoga teacher training, where we had a lecture, we had a lecture one, one week where we talked about uh, media consumption. And we talked about how every book, every TV show, every commercial, every movie, how it has a certain emotional energetic behind it. So we need to be mindful with what we consume. And the problem with that, why I say that there are things around you that you might not be conscious of is like, you could go to the grocery store right now and there's a song playing and like, you have to listen to it because you're there and your ears are open, you know? That kind of like, I think about that a lot and I'm kind of like curious sometimes about music that is pushed into mainstream, but we're getting into a little bit of conspiracy theory vibes there. So we'll take it back. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it back onto path. So this, this uh, lecture in my yoga teacher training really shifted what I consume in media, like since then, it really changed my perspective on violent and scary shows and movies. 
like growing up, I really loved scary movies. It's always like even in high school, like scary movies, I love them. And that was like, you know, something that I like to watch. I found it really fun and entertaining. And now I can't watch them because like it just, that lecture gave me this perspective. They said something about how when you watch something violent or gory or, you know, so anything that's like kind of like disgusting energetically, that image is then stored in your mind as a memory. And I don't want to carry around stuff like that. Like, I don't want to carry around that kind of energy. I'd rather be more intentional with what I'm consuming and consume things that are beautiful, consume things that are helpful, that are inspiring. And that's why I think being mindful of your media consumption is very important. And it's a huge part of self-love, especially in the world we live today. And if you're listening to this, you might be a new business owner, an aspiring business owner, and it can seem very overwhelming to get started in social media. And you might even find yourself consuming a lot more social media than you post in the very beginning because you're trying to get a feel for your market. You're looking for inspiration. You're just kind of like testing out what's out there and what's missing so that you can fill that gap and so that you can stand out. But it's really intentional to, not intentional, it's really important to be intentional, to set boundaries with social media and with your technology in general. You want to really give yourself that separation between the outside world and other people's thoughts and your own self. And that's something that I feel from my experience from just, you know, I've lived in New York, I've lived in California, I've lived in Florida, I've moved around a lot as a kid, I've worked in a few different jobs, I used to be a waitress, so I've met a lot of different kinds of people. And I feel like this sense of self and like really strong relationship with ourselves, I feel like it's missing with a lot of people. And it's not our faults. Western society is kind of designed that way so that we can be good consumers, so that we can continue to buy things that kind of fill this void that we might be feeling. And that's why I am now here serving you as a quantum self-love coach. I want to help fix that. You know, all of my work that I've done in my life up until now I used to run beach cleanups with Project Clean World. You can look that up on Facebook. It's not currently active, but you can see the past events are on there. I used to teach yoga. I uh, have been helping people with new businesses, create content and be more confident to show up online and be visible, go on Instagram lives, go on Facebook lives and just be more comfortable with being seen. And all of those things, like if you really keep peeling back the layers of like why we have certain blocks and why we perform in certain ways that cause these issues, it all comes down to self-love. You know, if, if everyone in this world loved themselves more, there would be less trash on the beach. If everyone loved themselves more, there would be less there would be less blocks for you in starting your dream business. You would stop waiting. You would do it now because you would realize, you know, I love myself and my time here on this earth and this human body is limited. So while I'm here, I'm going to go after my dreams because I deserve it. It's my birthright to have a life that I love because I am love. You are the physical representation of love. When you were created, there were so many different possibilities. There were so many different possibilities back when there were just two single cells running towards each other. You know what I'm, I'm talking about? Um, conception here. <laughs> there were so many different uh, little soldiers trying to get to that egg to create you, and one of them made it. And let's look at what, let's Google what that what that uh, statistic is here. 
So that odds, those odds of you being born like you yourself is one in 400 trillion. One in 400 trillion. And that's pulling from, uh, I just Googled statistic of you being born and a 2011 TED talk from Mel Robbins showed up, but there were literally so many possibilities and it created you. And another really alarming thing about how difficult it is sometimes for us to realize like how special we are, we get caught in our own minds a lot. And, you know, I do this too. We get caught in our own minds and we're so caught up in life's responsibilities that we can sometimes get to this place where, again, Western society does a great job of creating this where we are overworking, where we're overdoing, where we're overstimulated, we're doing all of these things to prove ourselves worthy of being able to obtain success, being able to even proving ourselves worthy of being able to relax, proving ourselves worthy, you know, as a means of like comparing ourselves to celebrities or to our neighbors or to our friends or to anyone in our community, it's so easy to fall into that trap. And the way out is through self-love. The way out is to recognizing that you're so special and you have the power yourself to decide what you want in this life. And you're 100% supported in going in that direction. You know, and there are a lot of things in society that they kind of try to trick us in and not following that path. So one of the tricks, for example, is job security. Job security doesn't actually exist. I'm sure 2020 might have showed you that. I hope it's showed you that. Job security is an illusion. And sometimes the security of having a job is what stops some of us in starting our own business. It's what stops some of us in making a career change. And I'm not saying, you know, go be irresponsible and quit your job. I'm saying that whatever change you want to make in this world, you're 100% capable of it. You're 100% supported in it. And it's never as bad as our brains make it seem. It's never as bad as our brains make it seem because your mind, the way your mind functions and the way your ego functions, it's there to keep you safe. And the ego is not a bad thing. The ego is here to keep you safe. It's the reason why you're alive and it's always on the lookout for danger, but that's why we have the tendency of focusing on the negative. So that's why it's very important to be intentional in your morning routines and have space that you carve out to develop that habit of focusing on what's positive in your life. And what I'm talking about here is like taking time to write down what you're grateful for in the day, taking time to celebrate what you've accomplished instead of focusing on the things on your to-do list that you might not have gotten done yet. And I say all this as someone who's done all this too, you know, I'm a human being, you're a human being, it's impossible for us to be perfect, but it is possible for you to deeply love yourself. And when you deeply love yourself, you can allow yourself to move through the ebbs and flows of life without those ebbs and flows dragging you down to the bottom of the ocean because you're giving yourself, with with quantum self-love, you're giving yourself permission to evolve. You're giving yourself permission to make mistakes because you realize that a mistake, that a failure, quote, in quotes, failure, is really just information of something that didn't work or something that, you know, it's like information of like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that thing. And you can always make things right with owning up to a mistake, owning up to 
maybe there's, you know, depending on what it is, like I'm speaking in really broad terms, depending on what it is, you might have to have a conversation, difficult conversation with certain people that might've been involved in, in the mistake. Um, but coming, when you come from a place of self-love, which with, with, with loving yourself, you really only need two things. You just need to be accepting. So you need to accept what you feel, accept what you're thinking, accept the present moment, just accept it. Just, it is what it is. Because if you are going to resist it, for example, for example, uh, I remember when I lived in New York, when I moved there in 2018, the move was not easy. And um, it was, I was away from my family and I had moved first to Connecticut and that was my first instance of being away from my family but being far from family was even harder in New York because New York is a very crowded and yet lonely place at least when you're new before you've made friends like it's just weird how many people are around you and yet how like you could literally back I don't know how it is post-pandemic but like back then I remember getting off of the subway in the middle of Manhattan and just being aware and present of everyone around me. I'm just like, wow, there are so many people and none of them are like present with me because everyone is, you know, doing their own thing or um, noticing how most people had their nose in a phone or they're talking on the phone. Like, it's just weird to have so many humans around you, but yet like being disconnected from them, if that makes sense. Now I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, why did I bring up New York? So when I moved to New York, being away from family and, you know, the difficulty of the move, I was pretty depressed, but I didn't want to be depressed. <laughs> I was like, ignoring that I was depressed and I would I was a waitress at that time so I would just like be just like ha, ha, like putting on a brave face and like really putting a lot of attention and effort into my appearance um, so that it can seem like I was okay and in doing that I wasn't accepting how I was feeling and that made my depression worse and that made how I was feeling worse and it really, took away my motivation to do something other than waitressing for a little while, while I was in that mental state. So acceptance is the first piece. If you can accept how you feel. So let's, let's still use acceptance. Let's still use uh, depression as an example. If you can accept that you're feeling depressed instead of coming from a space of like, oh, I'm depressed. I don't want to feel depressed and like just ignoring it. If you can accept it, you're like, oh, I'm feeling depressed right now. Then you can get curious. It opens you up to get curious about like, why do I feel this way? What like maybe, and then maybe you'll discover like, oh, because I slept for three hours last night and the night before. So like, I'm not supporting myself with good sleep, or maybe, you know, maybe you'll realize there's something with, maybe you're doing a job that you actually hate and it's starting to take a toll on you. Like you can get more curious about why you're in that situation. And also you can, it opens you up to be resourceful and take an action to make yourself feel better. So it can be, if you want to put that into like a little formula it can be like, I feel X, so I'm going to do Y. So I feel depressed, so I'm going to go walk to the park, or I'm going to go in my front yard and sit in the sunshine with my eyes closed because I know that some sunlight like makes me feel better. Something like that. So the first thing you need for quantum self-love is acceptance. The second thing you need which is pretty much like could kind of be seen as the same thing is compassion. With compassion, you're accepting something in a non-judgmental way 
and in a loving way. So, so you come from this space, if we're going to use depression as an example, again, you come from the space of like, oh, I'm depressed and that is okay. Like that is okay. And I'm still worthy of love and I can still love myself and I can hold myself in this depression for a few moments to really acknowledge it and be with it. And when you can acknowledge and be with your feelings and be with your thoughts and go deeper than the thoughts to get to the feelings that those thoughts create, really it all comes down to feeling. If you can really be with this, that's how you can create huge shifts in your life. And that is kind of like, that's kind of like the, the transformation in, in a nutshell of what I went through in 2021 last year. So mindset work is something I've been doing since I graduated college, which was 2013. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm not old. <laughs> It's funny when you're, when you're like in your late twenties and then you like turn 30 and you're, your first years, you're really 30. You want to say that you're old, but really like we're so young still, because when we get to be 60, we're going to be like, oh, I was a baby then. Why was I saying I was old? I was watching this, um, stand up. I forget who it was, but it was a stand up from, uh, dry bar, which is a channel on YouTube. And, uh, the stand-up comedian, I think she was 30 or maybe she was 40. I think she was 40. And she was talking about how when she was in her 30s, she was always saying that she was old, like from the time she turned 30. And then when she turned 40, she was like, oh my God, I wasted a whole 10 years saying I was old. I could have been young for that whole 10 years because now I'm old. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, but with mindset work, mindset work is something that I've been doing for a long time, but I still have, I still had this just like fear in my body. And yeah, I was making improvements, but there was still this element that was like missing. And I, I didn't really become aware of, you know, something is missing here until I was in this free challenge that was leading up to this coaching certification program. And the program, even before they mentioned that it was going to be $10,000, I found myself being like, all right, so this challenge is so similar to so many challenges I've done. I'm sure that the program is going to be very similar to work that I've already done, which kind of follows this um, framework of like, you know, identifying your limiting beliefs, choosing different beliefs, creating a routine to think those beliefs by like repeating affirmations and visualizing and meditating and, and all these things. And I realized, you know, I've done that before, but that wasn't enough for me. And I, and I, I realized I was like, there's something deeper that I need. There's a deeper shift that I need. And at that time, I was already introduced to someone named uh, Dr. Russell Kennedy. I'm not sure if he still does this, but last year I was attending his uh, clubhouse rooms. He has a clubhouse room on Sundays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And the reason why I caught my eye was because I had started again to uh, focus on some inner child work because I had a coaching call that made me realize, like I went into the coaching call. I don't remember what I went in for, but it was not inner child work. And something came out in the call that was very unexpected of like, there was this younger Celia within me that was waiting to be acknowledged. And I realized like, oh, wow, there's still like, even though I've gone to therapy and even though I've done mindset work, and even though I've done all these things to heal, there were still some things like I was still ignoring my inner child and there were still some things that she wanted to express and that she wanted to heal. So the reason why Dr. Russell Kennedy's clubhouse room caught my attention at that time is that the clubhouse title said something about healing inner child. And uh, I think his, the name of his room changes every week. I think he has a different focus for every week, but it all boils down to the same thing, which is relieving anxiety. So he has this book called Anxiety or X. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. 
I love how this book is written, by the way, because the chapters are really short. So it's like a really good book to pick up if, if like, let's say you really want to make sure you read every day, but you don't want a huge time commitment. This is a great book for that because each chapter is about like two pages, three pages. Some of them are a little longer, but it's really easy read. So Dr. Russell Kennedy, what he says a lot, what he repeats a lot in his book, what he repeats a lot in his clubhouse rooms and on his Instagram, you can't fix a feeling problem from doing more thinking. And he really explains anxiety as a feeling issue because it's like this sense of fear, the sense of what he calls alarm that you feel in your body. But when you go to therapy, like you're really just like talking and you're doing like thinking stuff, but you're not doing feeling work, which is somatic work, which is work at the body level. And being on the journey of first finding Russell Kennedy, and then it, that led me to find coaches like Ashe Sandara and Leila Martin, who focus really on the body first and foremost, especially Leila Martin and um, Ashe Sandara really work with like women mostly because they access healing through a woman's body. Um, I think both of their work is open to all genders, but I really identify with it from being a woman because there's a lot of like meditations around the womb and stuff like that, which you can do no matter what kind of body you're in. There's still like an energy you can tune into there. But really the journey that this put me on of, I feel like I started with that coaching call of the inner child and then going into the clubhouse rooms and hearing that you can't fix a feeling problem with thinking. And then that led me to doing feminine body work and doing um, divine feminine work and learning about divine feminine energy, which is more about feeling and less about doing. And that really got me to a place where if you can imagine it, imagine like, imagine like I'm a circle, right? I'm a circle. And all of these like powerful thoughts that I've been working on in my mindset work and stuff, it's surrounding the circle. But then as soon as I started doing the work last year of being more in the body and doing more feeling and less thinking and taking more breaks and really starting my day with body work and using intuitive movement and, and really connecting to feminine energy and feeling and being and less of the thinking and things at a conscious level, that circle kind of like the, the, the shell of the circle got thin enough to allow all of those powerful, positive beliefs that I've been working on cultivating. It allowed all of that to like really sink into every fiber and every cell of my being. And it just was a huge, powerful shift for me. And that's why like, you'll see me on Instagram, like saying a lot that most mindset work is bullshit because most mindset work is only focusing on the thinking level. And it forgets that you are not just your mind. You're not just your mind. And in the Western world, the mind is very much put up on a pedestal. And I think that's not very healthy. I think it's not very healthy for you to be a rounded human. Like you need to do more than just focus on your mind. We need to honor our bodies. We need to honor what our souls are craving to do. And coming from any kind of work, you know, you can even turn this around, like how I said that most mindset work doesn't work because you're only focusing on the thinking level. You can even take that into, let's say, let's say you want to do some body work and you want to, for example, lose weight. You could approach it from a point where you are dieting and exercising, which is probably the most um, popular way to do that, right? But that can be even more... Uh, you can get your transformation faster if you add in working on your beliefs. And I've seen that in, in this one 
I'm, I don't want to mention the name because they're not like a sponsor and I've never used it. So I'm not, but there's like this one weight loss app going around. That's like in all the YouTube videos that I watch. And it's in like a few ads that I've seen and they focus on the like psychology of losing weight. You probably know who I'm talking about if you've seen it, but I'm just not going to mention their name because they're not a sponsor of me and I've never used their product. So I hope that can illustrate to you like anything that you're trying to do, attack that thing or work on that thing from all these different angles. Because if you're going to only stay on one level with something like mindset work, for example, if you're only going to be repeating affirmations, repeating affirmations, repeating affirmations, yes, that might work for you, but you're going to get a faster transformation if you can go at it from different angles and different levels. So I hope that this, um, I hope, I hope that this episode, like explained in a way that makes sense why I'm now showing up online as a quantum self-love coach. Um, if you've, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, that when I do these solo episodes, I kind of just like riff and I kind of just speak from the heart when that happens. (laughs) If you have experience with that, you'll know, like when that happens that you're just speaking from the heart after you're done talking, you kind of don't really remember what you said. So I hope that I explained it in a good way. I also have a freebie for you in the show notes. This freebie is called the energy loop. And this energy loop I put in there to kind of illustrate further how to work on something in multiple levels, because your energy is going to affect how you think how you think is going to affect how you feel, how you feel is going to have an effect on the actions you take. And then the outcome of your action is then going to affect your energy. And it just goes on in this whole loop forever. And there are ways for you to get into that loop from that energetic level to up level. So things like If you go for a jog, you're going to feel more energy. If you sit down and visualize yourself in your brand new house that you're trying to manifest, your energy is going to feel different and that's going to put a different energy into that loop. So that loop, um, that's a freebie that I created for you. That link is in the show notes if you want to download that. That is all for today. I thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that this deeply served you. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways if you send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe. I also want to ask you to help this podcast be visible to more people by writing us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And I will be screenshotting that and sharing that to my Instagram. So you'll get a little bit of visibility there. And yeah, I'm grateful to be in your ears and I will see you next week. Bye.